Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Welcome to today's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. I am your host, Adam Kipnis. Thanks for joining today. Special thank you to C-Suite Radio for providing the platform and the help in getting this out to the world. Also want to thank my sponsor, Network Together, a nationwide networking group hosting virtual events every day. So you can meet prospects, you can meet clients, you can meet friends at their events. Go to ntevents.net and meet some cool people. And for me, I'm excited about this conversation. One, because it's going to be fun. It's going to be interactive. And it's something that I am really, really bad at. And we're going to get to um, what it is, why I'm bad at it, and how we can all probably learn to be better at it. Holly Duckworth, thank for take, thanks for taking some time and joining today. Adam, this is going to be so fun. Thank you for inviting me. I can't wait to see where this conversation takes us. It's going to be exciting, I bet. But let's start with, before we get to what you do, who you help, and how you can probably help me not be bad at being present, but where did you start? Like, you, 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 you were in the nonprofit world, you're an entrepreneur, you're in leadership, you speak on stages, all that came from somewhere. When did this start? Were you the kids selling t-shirts when you were in, in preschool, or was it something later in life that just came to you and you had to do? Okay, wait, 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 wait. You, you know the drill, Adam. You've been on calls with me before. Let's, let's take a second and breathe in. Okay, listeners, breathe in, breathe out. Let's get fully present together. Uh, Adam said he was bad at this, so let's all be bad with Adam together. Um, you know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, that's my work right there is um, bringing people into the presence of the moment. And, and I smile because... Uh, my entrepreneurial journey, I would say, is uh, where you start isn't necessarily where you end up. I think that's a great uh, place for, for entrepreneurs that are, that are looking for those lessons in life, is be willing to let the journey take you. I, I grew up um, in just out of Portland, Oregon, as a first-generation high school graduate, first-generation college graduate. I say I grew up in a trailer park with all rights and responsibilities therein. So whenever you tell somebody that, you know, that vision of the, the trailer parks uh, scenario comes up for you. And that, that, was, that was where I started. And um, I'm grateful for those roots, which also gave me the wings to fly um, the various iterations of, of my career, career path. So that's, um, that, that would be my, my first thought. You know, let's, let's calm down, let's center, and let's be grateful for where we are right now and reflect on where we've been and where we, where we get to go, especially in this year of, of 2020 where we're all reimagining. Yeah, very true. And, and I tend to be a little bit manic. The listeners of the show know, like, I like to jump into it and get excited. And if they watch, talk with my hands, but you can probably hear it in my voice that, that I can be a little, bit, a little bit boisterous, a little bit speedy. Like, let's get to the information. I want to know your journey. And um, so it, it, it's nice to know that we can take a step back. The same half hour is going to be here, whether we talk fast or talk slow. So tell us a little bit about graduating college. And did you know that you were going to create something as part of your path? Or did you go and, and get a job after college like a lot of us tend to? 
Oh, wow. Great question. You know, the journey, it, it was ever evolving for me. Um, I was one of those people, perhaps you, your listeners are this person that I, I didn't have the privilege of just going to college. I had to work my way through school and I worked uh, at a bank and uh, I started out as, you know, the regular old, old school bank teller and was quickly promoted to being kind of a sales associate and then ultimately a branch manager. And I did all that while I was going to college because my, my awareness was at that time, a degree only um, got the door open. You had to have the experience so that you could walk through the door of whatever the career was going to be that you wanted to have. So I graduated uh, from a little school now called Linfield University, uh, just outside of McMinnville, Oregon, with a degree in business management and a big Rolodex of, of interesting dreams and uh, this career as a banker. And all I knew about all my banker friends was they'd all been in the banking industry for 30 years. My dad was a machinist at Freightliner, the truck manufacturer for 30 years. So I'm like, I am getting out of this bank as fast as I can. <laughs> and um, leaped out of banking to, I don't think I told you this, to baseball. I did not know that. Yes. I worked as the director of corporate communications for the Salem Kaiser Volcanoes baseball team, a short season single A affiliate of the Giants. Now, there's people that are drooling over, oh my gosh, you got to work for a baseball team. I didn't give a flip-flap about baseball. I just thought the job would be fun and cool. <laughs> and um, that connected me through uh, my sorority networks to a woman who worked for Travel Portland, which is the Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Convention Industry Meetings and Events. She goes, we have a job open. It closes tomorrow. You're perfect. Will you apply? And I'm like, tomorrow? and uh, didn't apply. They went through their application process, didn't find the right candidate. She came back to me 30 days later and said, you're still the perfect candidate where you apply. And you know, sometimes in life, those adventures align. And so I, I went on to work for Travel Portland for eight years, um, planning meetings and events, things like the U.S. Figure Skating Championship to your medical convention from 30 people to 300,000. It was really quite a fun adventure. And then uh, I was the president of Meeting Professionals International. I was the youngest president they ever had um, in their state-based chapters. So they recruited me to come work for them and loved that until um, I didn't love it anymore. I had three bosses in three years. Anybody who's had a job knows that if the rules are constantly changing, you're ready to do something else. And I, I listened to that still small voice inside of me that said, um, your skills and abilities needed to be offered to organizations worldwide. So I took a leap of fun, a leap of faith, a leap of adventure, and I quit my job, divorced my husband, and started my own company, all in a 12-month period. <laughs> well, you, when you go, you go big. And... Go big or go home. <laughs> and... Uh... But before we jump there, like when you were doing all these meetings and you probably were in the event space and you saw the meetings and you probably saw people speaking on stage and you had a little headset probably in your ear and clipboard and you were running around and you were directing people. But did a little bit of you think I should be on that stage? You know, I don't actually think it it did at that time. It was a little later as I started working for MPI and I was doing little little things that I was kind of coming out from behind the curtain that people would recognize, man, you have a great charisma on stage. You have a great presence. You have a, have a gift for connecting people. And so that came later, but I think that's part of the entrepreneurial journey is being willing to in and of yourself explore skills that 
you're really good at that you love. And then there's skills you're really good at that maybe you, you don't love so much anymore and how you strike that balance of those things and bring that team to support you. I, I was just on, on a call with a potential vendor for my company. And I said, you know, just because I can doesn't mean I should. And um, there's a lot of things in entrepreneurial world that, that I can do now. And especially being an event planner, you know, budgeting and details. I, I joke, I can make an Excel spreadsheet out of an Excel spreadsheet, but, um, but that's part of it is I had to kind of let some of that go when I stepped into um, owning my own company. So the first version of my company was called Event and Meeting Solutions. It was an event planning company. Then over a few years, it evolved into what became Leadership Solutions International, which became my speaking platform. And then that evolved and I stepped into my name as my brand, hollyduckworth.com. And then, you know, now uh, the world's evolved yet again and I'm kind of swinging back towards Leadership Solutions International. And that's, that's all part of my journey is being in that space of, I, I was a trailer park girl, but I let that go to become this. And then I was a, I was a banker and I let that go to become this. And, and on, banking turned into to coaching and speaking. So I think that's part of what they don't tell you when you go after your MBA. <laughs> Very true. And, and part of mindfulness that, that we'll talk about is consciousness and being aware of your surroundings and being aware of what's going on in your life. In hindsight, how conscious were you of some of these transitions and, and the growth that was happening from a meeting, event planning, to international, to you as a person, you as a brand. How conscious were you of those transitions as they were happening? And how much did you have to direct them? Man, sitting in the hot seat here, aren't <laughs> I? Um, I think hindsight's always always twenty twenty. that that I might've known on a, on an inner voice level, but maybe hadn't yet expressed it out, out into the world that um, some of those became conscious decisions along the way. Like, you know, when I left banking, it was, you know, a hard slice. I'm going to go into baseball when I left, you know, one job to, to the other, but you don't always know what's on the other side of that, that new desk or that new briefcase. So sometimes I think, it, I, I, I joke, Adam, I say the line between inspired and insane is really close together. Like they're the same <laughs> line. I think that, that question about, you know, mindfulness and consciousness in these transitions, I think sometimes you have to be in that, that perfect equilibrium of knowing and not knowing so that you can act forward. I think it's really important because I bet there's a lot of people out there that are listening that know they're at a crossroads but don't know what to do with that crossroads. Um, and and we, I'm sure both of us have been there. And, and it sounds like you, um, maybe you didn't have a big crossroads moment. You had more of a transition moment where you said, I want to do this. But did you ever feel sort of boxed in and stuck that you had to make a change, maybe in banking, but as you got further into your entrepreneurial businesses that you started and some of the shifts that needed to take place pre-COVID, um, sometimes were forced into them and sometimes were incented into them or loved into them. Uh, how, did, how did you continue to evolve into the different brands you just talked about and sort of back again where you are today? Well, back to that sort of that 2010, that year I, I hit Control-Alt-Delete or Control-Alt-Believe. I rebooted my life for, for success. Um, I, I look back on that time and I, and I use this with a lot of my coaching clients. I say I was stuck between no longer and not yet. I was no longer 
the job, the business card, the, the, the world, but I wasn't yet necessarily the full experience of it. So that's where we are right now in 2020 for so many of us as we get to, to own that interesting space. You know, we think about the butterfly, you know, it has that state of being an imaginal cell. It's no longer a caterpillar, but it's not yet the butterfly. Like, how can we be in that? And I think that's where I found myself in some of these various life transitions along the journey. And I have a, a, a coffee cup and it, it's a Mary Englebright coffee cup. And it says, your life no longer an option. And it's a little road with a little person. And I posted that coffee cup on my Facebook page the day I moved from Portland, Oregon to Denver, Colorado and, and start my life. So sometimes I, I think you do kind of have to say, I'm, I'm just, this is no longer serving me. And I'm going to start, start something, something different. So let, let's talk about what you're doing today, the mindfulness side of it, because a lot of people, and I want you to explain mindfulness, what it means to the audience, because there may be a lot of people who don't know, but there's also that portion of, um, it's hard to forget about the past. It's hard to forget about the failures. It's hard to put that stuff behind you and being an entrepreneur, being an executive, leading a team, leading an organization, a lot of times is about now, yeah, what happened, happened. Uh, so talk a little bit about um, mindfulness, what it means, what mindful leadership is, and how to put the past behind you at least as much as possible so you can thrive in what you're doing right now and be successful for your team and for your clients. I love that you're calling this out as a, as a concept. I think different listeners to your show and the different generations that you might be may respond to this question differently. I, I happen to be in that, that 40 ish range. And so for me, when I grew up, we kind of grew up in this mindset that you got up and you had a job and you had that same job, job forever. And like you took your reputation of all that, that stuff with you. If you're in your 30s, you may be, in, or, or younger, you may be in that place of life just moves so quickly that, that you don't even, it's not a thing anymore. And then certainly if you're in that, that older generation, you just, you were so, we, so focused on, you know, building our resume and having all those things. And we had to take all those awards and accomplishments with us. And so I think that the answer to this question is also an evolution of, of consciousness. You were using that word earlier of, of the, our human humanity of who we are now and with the, the technology flowing 24 seven so quickly, I'm actually kind of excited because I think you can let go of your past a little bit easier if you choose to do so. You know, I, the first name that comes to mind for me is um, the, the chef on the Food Network, Martha Stewart. You know, I mean, she, she certainly had a, a bad chapter in her life and, and we kind of remember, but we don't define her by that. And that would not have been the same if that same experience that had happened in a different, different generation. So how can we use that in this time of possibility? I don't call it a time of pandemic to, to thank all the experiences that showed up and be in this now moment. I, I joke, um, we all have bags, you know, we all have the bags of beliefs and thoughts and actions that we carry with us from our past. Mine just happened to be Prada. And, and for those of you who, are, who aren't able to see, to see the show, I, I say that in jest, because we all, we all have the Walmart bag and the, the recycled bag that we wish nobody knew we had, and we have our fancy bags and all those things, but that's the, the alchemy of what makes us who we are. And I think the world today now is allowing us to show that stuff more 
um, and you and leverage that. So I used to, I mean, honestly, the, the I'm a trailer park girl story. I really didn't start sharing that, that story until about a year ago. I was like the deep, dark secret I never wanted anybody to know. But the more I had to do my own work around that and move forward, the more I get to use that to educate, to connect, and to inspire future leaders that wherever they started isn't where, where they, they end up. And it's using those skills as fuel to move you forward. So as you said, Adam, I teach mindfulness now, which is kind of a few building blocks together. And, and I... I didn't go out in the world saying, oh my God, I'm a mindfulness expert. I went out and I was meeting planner, most stressed out job in America, second to police environment. Then I was an association executive. I wrote my second book on volunteerism and how to recruit and maintain volunteers where you don't have a carrot or a stick. Then my next book was actually on mindful leadership, but it was an adult mandala coloring book. And then my fourth book is called Everyday Mindfulness from Chaos to Calm in a Crazy World. And in every book, as I look back, there was a theme of power and presence and self-love and caring. And so mindfulness is defined as the practice of being fully present in the moment without judgment. And it was brought to America by a man named John Kabat-Zinn who founded the Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction Institute and has certainly grown and expanded as we've culturally evolved our own willingness and need to calm, center and breathe, just like we did at the start of the show. Yes. And I've got so many things to think about and ask about, but I want to bring a couple things together, right? In, in our fast paced 24 hour news cycle, social media world, being in the moment is really hard for a lot of people to do because there's just so much stuff coming at us at all times that, we almost block it out and want to daydream and think about the future. Or some people go the other way and think about the past, good, bad, or otherwise. And at the same time, you talked about, and, and I love this, that you mentioned that in today's environment, we can show our baggage as a badge of honor that people will like and enjoy and trust us more. Um, but at the same time, you have people on social media every day that do live in trailer parks and do carry, you know, bags of soda cans around to return to get their five cents, taking a picture in front of their Ferrari. So everyone thinks they're, they're super successful and they're always on a beach and they're always doing amazing things. And that's not really their life. That's what they're trying to portray out there. Um, and so it, it's in that weird world, you found a spot and can help others really, really, like you said, center and be like, you don't have to show off to the world. People are more impressed by the fact that you tell them, Hey, I screwed that thing up or I used to be poor or I was really rich and then I was really poor. And now I'm trying to get really rich again versus showing a picture of being really rich. What do you think? Why does that, why is that so powerful to actually be you in today's world? versus some of the show-offs that we see out there trying to be someone else. I, I have the privilege of co-founding the C-Suite Network Mindful Leadership Council. And you mentioned the team at C-Suite Radio is, is a part of the podcast and they're they are part of my podcast as well. And the Mindful Leadership Council is a group of researchers, practitioners, and CEOs who want to foster mindfulness presence 
in organizations in this reboot. And we were working on our own community values and authenticity was the first value that they spoke out loud. Um, our world is craving it right now. That um, I actually think that's part of why this reboot happened is it was no longer sustainable. In my book, Everyday Mindfulness, I, the, the opening chapter says, we live in a world of bigger, better, faster, and more. A world where we greet each other and we say, how are you, how are you, hello, hello, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, which I'm fine is really code for, I'm about to lose my beep and I don't want you to know. And I think we had enough beeps that all came together that we literally had to do this reset so that we can come back to reminding ourselves we are human beings, not human doings. So that's another great gateway. I know you were saying, Adam, you're, you're, you're bad at this and you're working on it. That's one way we can all try mindfulness every day is, you know, let's you know, get up in the morning or when we get to our desk, we're having our, our cup of coffee in the morning or you know, if your kids are listening to the show with you, having their, their cereal in the morning, but how do I wanna be in the doing? And that, that speaks to the word intention. And I feel so privileged that uh, one of the seven principles that, that I teach and we work on at the Mindfulness Council is this idea of authenticity in our intention and remembering that for ourselves and remembering that for the people that we work for. That I, you know, I think in this time of possibility, we've seen people soften a little bit. And I hope that that's one of those things, authenticity and intention that we keep going forward personally and professionally um, because we can only pretend so much. And the more we pretended, the more it was dissolving our bodies, you know, we've got the most obese society in the world and, and health challenges and, you know, people hate going to work and unhealthy work environments. So mindfulness, I kind of have two parts of my business under my, my brand is, you know, teaching the personal side of business and then applying that through Leadership Solutions International, my corporate programs. And we have the data and the science and research that says when we are more intentional and authentic, we have better business culture that then results in better employee engagement. When the employees are engaged, that results in better customer experiences. You all, we all have a story of some great customer experience that happened because the salesperson was fully present with us. And then when we do all these things together, just like that flow of my own personal life journey, you create these journeys for your customers that result in higher sales and better, uh, better engagement. I love how you explained it because the reason I say I'm bad at it is because I don't think about it. And right. I, I, when I'm doing interviews like this, like I'm all in, I don't have my phone near me. I don't have anything else going on around me. Like I just dive in, listen to what you say, take a few notes and figure it out. When I get into my day though, and I'm talking on the phone potentially with a client or it's really bad if I do it with a, a prospect, right? And my phone buzzes or my email goes, or I'm looking at my calendar being like, all right, I've got 20 minutes left and then I got to get ready for whatever's coming next. And some of that is taking me out of the moment and I know I do it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that are like, oh my God, we call it ADD, but it's not really just ADD, right? It's more than that. Well, that's where I think we have this huge opportunity right now is to be in gratitude, be in gratitude for the consciousness and the awareness of what you just said and what everybody else that's listening to the show said. Our, our old school mindset would be, I'm going to beat myself up because my phone rang. I'm going to beat myself up because of this. Well, now 
post COVID, like we get to recreate our life. What if we, you know what, I'm really, I'm really grateful. I'm sorry that that happened and let's move forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it different next time. That there's a certain state of grace and each business culture has a different culture around that. I mean, if you worked for a major tech company and your phone went off, it probably wouldn't, wouldn't be as much of a big thing as in my company where I teach, teach mindfulness. That doesn't make mine right or yours wrong. That's again, the mindfulness is the practice. Practice, not a perfect, it's a practice. <laughs> of being fully present in the moment. And then that last piece is without judgment. And sometimes I kind of leave that piece off because you kind of got to graduate into that. But in this world right now, whipped up in fear and doubt and lack and purple and orange and blue and red and all the stuff we're, we're taking in, what if we approached each experience from that place of non-judgment that I, I'm going to be with it exactly where it is. And like you said, this is, a this is, this is tricky because our brains are hardwired to go, Oh my gosh, the past. Oh my gosh, the present. So it's a practice. And I say, I teach applied mindfulness. So these are little techniques that you can do in two or three minutes periodically throughout the day. And if you do it well, you can actually make it a customer engagement strategy to deepen your authenticity with yourself and your customers. Love it. And I want to talk about two two sort of next or first steps, right? You've got one group of people that's listening that are entrepreneurs, they work from, for themselves, they're out there doing the solo thing. And then you've got another group of people that are leaders of people, whether it's in their communities or whether it's employees. And what's one thing either group or both groups, maybe it's the same, I'm not sure, can do as soon as they get off this podcast? Like what, it, what can they do in order to begin their first steps toward practice or their first practice sessions? Is it the same? Is it different? What should they do? Um, so I, I live in the belief that we can build a world that works for everybody. And again, from that place of non-judgment, I, I would look at the question and say, are those people really that different? The, the work from home self-entrepreneur, they're leading people, the people they want to sell their product or service to, and the leaders of people are leading people. So we, we, as we practice a mindset of oneness, which is another principle of mindfulness, that, that we are all one human, human family, that from that place, the one practice, and we're hearing this a lot in the media, so I, I use it um, with, with some, some regard for that, is the breath. And whenever I'm doing an in-person or virtual keynote, I say to the audience, you know, everybody get in a small group and you get in a small group and then you have to like think about what's the one thing that everybody at that table or that group has in common. And you know, you'll get that, well, all of us have dogs or all of us have been to Hawaii or those kinds of things. Okay, well then I, then I make the group a little bigger and a little bigger till we have the whole room. And the one thing that both of those people, everyone on the show starts with, it, 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 that we all share, is returning to that breath, the breathing in and the breathing out. And we can use that as a metaphor as entrepreneurs, you know, we're breathing in new customers, we're breathing out our services. If we're leading, you know, we're breathing in the vision and the people that we get to support and we're breathing out that. So that state of, of returning to your breath and maybe just setting a little reminder on your on your calendar or even on those sales calls adam you say oh i forget to do it because i'm so busy with sales calls you know right now in a zoom world i think people just call me because they know that if they call me they're going to get the opportunity to breathe for a second <laughs> so, so be that 
be that connector with, with folks, you know, Hey, I know you've been on five zoom calls. And so if I, let's just take a second and like wiggle your toes on the ground and breathe in and out and then smile and move on about your day. Um, that, that can be just one really simple strategy. You know, we're driving a little differently right now, but if you're getting in your car, use that as a trigger moment here, I'm in my car. <sighs> breathe, get fully in the car before you, you take off on your adventure or you're putting your mask on to get out to the grocery store. <laughs> I appreciate that because every little bit helps me, me learn more, think about it differently. And um, I'm actually a relatively even keeled guy. I get a little fired up when I like to interview people and when I, or when I'm, when I'm giving, getting interviewed, um, right? Cause I get super passionate, but I'm, I'm a pretty even keeled guy, but, but just taking that moment, I think is a really powerful change that people can make that's easy it's important and it sets you up for a better rest of your day a better rest of your evening a better full day yeah we're moving into the the fall season and for a lot of folks that that was back to school or now we're calling it back to learning and so one of the gifts that i did and i would invite your listeners to to listen to is i wrote a book called mindful leadership the a to z guide of stress-free leadership and all of us, like right now, we almost like need to go back to kindergarten, like back to basics. You know, A, B, C, affirm the good, breathe, and center. If we just do those three things, and you can go to my YouTube channel, all, all 26 letters of the alphabet are there in, in little videos. Um, but just, just that, you know what? I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to A, I'm going to affirm the good. I am thankful and grateful that I get to have this, this experience today. I'm thankful and grateful that you know, I have food to eat. I'm thankful and grateful I have work. I'm thankful and grateful for the paycheck or the savings or the health. Because there's a lot of people in all different levels of that, you know, back to the breathing again. And then just, you know, center your energy, like use that tool, ABC. It's a lot of my clients love that. That's awesome. I've written that down. Um, the, the good, there is, what, what's the saying that you've survived every bad day you've had in your life, right? And um, I think we've, especially in this environment, you turn on the news and it's, it's negative. It, it's everything is negative. There's no positivity in what's going on. But then I talk to people, I talk to you, I talk to the other folks that we're, we're friends with and colleagues of in C-suite. I talk to my clients and I'm actually talking to happier people than I was talking to six months ago. Something about being at home, something about being around families, even though we, we're not going out as much or being out and about, there is something positive that's coming from it. Are you seeing that in, um, in the people that you're working with? And is there a part of natural gravitation to, I'm, I'm good, I'm not sick, I'm good, I still have a job, or I'm good, I still have a place to live, that's a little more natural where in the past we almost had to think about it because we were moving so fast. Um, in the mindfulness movement movie, Deepak Chopra says, we got the wrong word. We shouldn't have called it mindfulness. We should have called it awarefulness. And, I, and I, I'm with him. I think we should have called it awarefulness. Like we are more aware right now. And, and Adam, I don't want to turn this into the, the Hollyanna, Anna Pollyanna. You know, as entrepreneurs, we all know that this is a is a time of transformation. It's a time of challenge. So if you're out there listening to the show and you're like, well, Adam, you don't know my story, man. I, you know, I've lost all my customers and I've had to rebuild everything. I know Adam and I want to say to you, we, we hear you, we see you, we get that it's hard. And that's again, goes back to that recognition of the one human family and why I think authenticity is so important is 
when I tell my trailer park story, somebody may not have that exact story, but they understand I'm a real human being and I've gone through a challenge. So if you're in a place where you're having a challenge right now, have that courage to step up and ask the questions. And I get it. I think that's part of the early part of this pandemic is we haven't been trained as human beings to feel. We've been taught, go have a beverage, go smoke your favorite thing, go eat your favorite thing. Like don't feel. And this time, maybe that's, you know, you, you don't even know what you don't know, but you know that you just don't feel quite right. Know that everybody on the planet's had that good day and that bad day and that interesting day. So um, one major technique that I use in addition to that, you know, ABC technique is that questions that as entrepreneurs, we so often think we have to have every answer for how to make the money, how to balance the books, how to sell the product, how to do the social media, how to do the SEO, how to run the CR. Like the list goes on and on and on. What do I blog about today, right? Who do I interview on the show? Like giving yourself that space, even just every day, I'm gonna pick up the phone and reach out to one person, ask them what, what they're doing, ask them if they can help me with this. Ask, like use this time if you are in that space of, yeah, I know all, everybody in the world is all Pollyanna to know that, that it's okay to, to not be Pollyanna and find your, your tribe. And that often is just from that place of letting go of your entrepreneurial, Ugh! <laughs> and and just 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 be willing to ask the question. And I use this technique a lot too. If you're not comfortable owning that it's your question, nobody's gonna know. Pick up the phone and call Adam. Drop me an email. Drop me. I know somebody who has this challenge. Can you help me? And use that <laughs> to just start that mindful, awareful healing that will reveal something new for you. I love it. It, it. I think it's so powerful. What, what, what you do and how you bring that to others, getting people to be in the moment, getting people to think a little bit differently, getting people to get some oxygen in their body through breathing, whether that's physical oxygen or it's the business oxygen, like you were talking about breathing in clients and, and breathing out success for them. Uh, Holly Duckworth, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate the conversation. I really appreciate the different view. It was wonderful to have you on. Thanks, Adam. You're welcome. And thank you for everyone to, for listening to today's episode of The Entrepreneur's MBA. You've been listening to The Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.